Hi, this is Pastor Stephen. I am the pastor of New Beginning Church in Singapore. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this podcast will build your faith. Hope you grow deeper in the word of the Lord and know Him personally in much deeper way. Enjoy the message. God bless you. Okay, so um, I've been thinking about what to pray about uh, prayer. And so I come into this thought. Uh, so I want to share for the next 30 minutes or so on this thought um, why we should never stop praying, especially when we, we don't get what we pray for. And uh, I noticed that for the past three sessions uh, for Zoom, uh, I normally host and uh, ask, is there any question? And uh, nobody asked question. So let me just ask you guys this question. And so maybe I can use some answers for my sermon. Um, why we should never stop praying? What do you think we should never stop praying? If you are listening. Um, we should never stop praying so that we can keep our faith in God. Mm-hmm. And yeah, keep our faith in God every day. Okay. Brother Sony or Bro Jason, you can, uh, since only uh, our members, you can actually uh, open your video screen, start your studio, uh, video so I can see some of your faces. Yeah. Uh, Jason, Bro Jason, what, why do you think we should never stop praying? Especially when we don't get what we pray for. Oftentimes, we don't get what we pray, we pray for in an in instant, right? So why we should never stop? Uh, sorry, uh, my baby is crying. So uh, well, I think why we shouldn't stop believing because uh, God is faithful and he will always uh, give the best for us because he has planned for us. Okay. Okay. I think I will just uh, proceed. Uh, we should never stop praying um, because if we stop praying, we never know uh, when God is going to answer our prayer. God always answer our prayer, right? So we always answer our prayer with yes, with no, or we wait. All right, let, let me begin by showing you a pattern um, in two different parables found in the Bible. When we can recognize a pattern in the Bible, pattern will show us the kingdom's principle. And in this case, a principle in relation to prayer. Okay, let me just show you Luke Chapter 18, Luke chapter 18. Okay, you can see here, Luke chapter 18. Let me read for you. The widow and the unjust judge. If you notice, it is the unjust judge. It is not meaning it's not a good God. It's not a good judge. All right. So the widow is a story. It's a parable about the widow and the unjust judge. Let me read to you. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that we should never pray and not give up. 
Okay, so the context itself about this parable is already highlighted for prayer. Okay, um, he said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither fear God nor care what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keep bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge said. So the Bible is like saying, God is like saying, listen to who? Listen to this unjust judge, the not so good judge, not to the good judge. Listen to this story. Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring what the justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off, meaning not answering them? I tell you, he will see that they will get justice. And quickly, um, church, I was, I was like dumbfounded to see how God chose the unjust judge to, re to represent God himself. So to show that the judge grant the widow justice, not because the judge was good, but because of something that the widow did. The widow keeps bothering him, keeps coming, keeps asking the unjust judge. It's not because the judge is good. It tells something to us about whenever we pray, we just need to keep coming, keeps coming. All right. Let's see another parable. Hopefully, all of us can catch a pattern on how the kingdoms of God works in relation to prayer. Okay, let's take a look at Luke 11, verse 5 to 10. This is another parable. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, you go to him at midnight hours. How many of you go to your friend at midnight? Can post a reaction. If any of you go to your friends at midnight and say this, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Give me some food. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answer, the one at the house, inside the house, answer the friend who is knocking at the door, says, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Verse 8. Okay, I want you to notice on this pay attention to this i tell you even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship not because of friendship yet because of your shameless audacity he will surely get up and give you as much as you need so it means if you have a friend and you ask for food and you keep bothering him at night and keep knocking it doesn't matter about your relationship. It doesn't matter about your friendship. He will not get up, give you food. It's be not because of your friendship with him, but because you keep coming. You have this shameless audacity 
to keep knocking at his door. If you do, do, if you do so, he will get up and give you as much as you need. So the next verse, the most famous verse about prayer that Jesus says, verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, find. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, this parable, a friend who knocked at the door represent us, represent you and me. And the person who was on the bed represent God. Okay, so what does this parable is trying to show us? God will not so-called get up and give you what you want because of the relationship we have with him. But because of our shameless audacity, shameless boldness when you ask from him. Okay, so now if you compare these two parables, what do we learn from these two parables? Is it a good judge who was ready to help the widow to bring justice? No. Is it a good friend who was ready to help his friend at any time at midnight hour? No. The only pattern we can find in these two parables is both the widow and the guy at the door never stop, never stop coming until they get what they want. The widows keep coming, never stop, keep bothering the unjust judge. The guy at the door came with his shameless audacity, boldness, shameless boldness, asking for help. And his friend helped him, not because of their friendship or relationship. So I hope this parable will encourage you give us some clue as to why we should never stop praying. But more than just an encouragement to all of you, I hope um, the parables will reveal principles on how we should adopt when we are praying to God. Pray without ceasing or pray never stop. Okay, um, there is... What I call, I heard these quotes that says, P-U-S, push, P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. Meaning you don't stop praying. Uh, there is some misconception, some Christian think that it is disrespectful to God. To sh- it is lack of faith. If we pray more than just one time to God, asking for something. It's just, you don't have faith. It's just disrespectful. This, so I think this wrong theology is that if you pray one time with trust, that is enough. Yes, there's some occasion, uh, it happens like that. You ask for something, a million dollars and it happens. I don't know. And then just wait for the prayer to be answered. But yes, it sounds good and spiritual, but it is not biblical. All right, it's not biblical. And when we hear this verse uh, in First Thessalonians 5, verse 17, never stop praying or pray without ceasing, 
we feel like there is no joy as a Christian. To live a Christian life, never stop praying. Meaning we have to keep praying, never stop praying. It's like we live a life, a Christian life, being oppressed under such command. It is a command. We are being oppressed under such command. Stressful because we need to never stop praying. But do you know that the word never stop praying comes in between another two commands? Let me show you. Okay, comes in between never, uh, in between of the other two commands. The other two commands is rejoice always, never stop praying, and then give thanks in all circumstances. Okay, so if praying, if never stop praying is a command that make us stress, oppress us, how can God, Jesus, or Paul, write and put a sentence to always rejoice and give thanks in all circumstances? It just doesn't make any sense. You, you get what I mean? If prayer merely an activity or a task or a command for a Christian to do, then never stop praying is sound a little bit cruel, oppressive, isn't it? But if we see prayer as a communion with God, a fellowship with God, hanging out with God, sharing thoughts with God, then we will hear and perceive this never stop praying command very differently. It will be like never stop enjoying God. Never stop depending on God. Never stop drawing strength from God. Prayer will be more because prayer will be more for our good, for our own good than it is for God. So if you see, rejoice always, never stop praying, give thanks in all circumstances is happening at all times. Always is at all times, right? In all circumstances or never stop is just like, saying the frequency of doing these commands at all times in our life. And to rejoice, give thanks, is always something that is, we are in a good state. So to conclude, never stop praying is not a burden. It is a blessing. It is a privilege for us to be enjoyed. So prayer is not a duty to be performed but it is a privilege to be enjoyed. Then we can adopt, we can embrace this command. Never stop praying. Because it is not a duty for you to be performed kneeling at the door, at, uh, at the, behind the closed door at all times. No, it's not a duty. It is a privilege to be enjoyed. Then only then makes sense. We can live our life Rejoice always, never stop praying, hanging out with God, enjoying depending on God, and give thanks at all circumstances. Amen. So, prayer is not a duty to be performed, but rather a privilege to be enjoyed. 
Now, never stop praying. Maybe some of you will ask, how do we practically apply to our life? Never stop praying. Obviously, it's not like spending every moment kneeling down praying. Never stop praying is turning your every moment into a prayer moment as you go through your day. So we may not pray every moment, but we may bring prayer into all moments, meaning like this. If you find difficulties, you straight away share your thoughts. God, please help me. If you find a good deal, straight away you say, God, give thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. If you are have this worry is always coming before you go to sleep, you cry out to God, God, please help me bring some peace into our hearts. So you always involve, you bring prayer into all of your moments in your life. That's the meaning of you pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. We may not pray every minute, every moment, but we may bring prayer into all our minutes, all our moments. All right? Prayer gets you connected with God. So let me just give you the uh, a short um, definition. What it's what really means by prayer. Prayer is not about cutting a deal with God. We always say. We always think maybe behind our subconscious mind. Prayer is about asking things from God. Prayer is about giving our petition, our, our what we need, our requests, our petition to God. But prayer is not about cutting a deal with God. It's about creating a connection with God. If prayer is like a cutting, it's like cutting a deal with God. You don't need to maintain a connection with God until you are ready to make another deal. But prayer is about creating a communication, a connection, a constant connection with God so we can have a deeper relationship. Relationship without communication is just two strangers. We don't talk, it's just to strangers. You know, uh, when I prepare this sermon, I recall there is one occurrence in the Bible. Uh, you can check it out later. It's found in Exodus chapter 33, where God said to the people of Israel, I could give you the land full of milk and honey, Canaan. But God said, I didn't want to go along with them because if I go with you to that land full of milk and honey, I might destroy them along the way because they are stiff-necked people. My point is there was no relationship between God and the people at that time. At that time, the only person who talked to God, aka pray was only Moses. My point is to share this Exodus 33 is, which one would you rather have? Having what you want? Having God answer your prayer? 
of having God by your side. For God to bless you and to give you the answer to your prayer is easy. It's like turning his palm upside down. But for God to go with you in the journey requires, I like, a relationship. True communication. Hashtag prayer. To build a relationship requires a communication or prayer. So let me quickly share this afternoon three reasons why we should never stop praying. The first one, because prayer is a process of changing ourselves. When you talk about process, process is never ending. Process. It's never ending event. Prayer is a way of getting connected, getting close to God. And we are getting closer to God. Prayer is a process of changing us and not necessarily changing our circumstances. And the process to change, to, to be more like Jesus is process of never ending. And so, so we should never stop praying. We should never stop praying. Prayer is not about moving God's hand, but it is God moving our hearts, changing our heart. So our response when we pray, there will be two kinds of response when we wait for our prayer to be answered. Either you are complaining and stop praying, saying that it just doesn't work. Why bother praying? Saying God does not answer prayer. Or you can embrace the process of changing yourself and you start preparing with what you can do in the waiting times. Let me repeat. We can respond when we wait for our prayer to be answered. Yeah, we can respond to extreme end. Number one, either you are complaining and stop praying, drop the idea, prayer doesn't work. Why bother to pray? Saying God doesn't answer prayer. Or we embrace the process that it is I, it is you and me need to be changed. Need to do something preparing with what you can do in the waiting times. Because prayer changes us, changes us and make us ready for the will and the purpose of God. Sometimes God is not giving his yes, his answer to manifest there and then because we're simply not ready. We're not ready. And how many of you, if you can recall, how many of you will be thankful that God does not answer all your prayer? Because we never know what is God's will, is what is the best for us at that time. Okay. Prayer number one, prayer changes ourselves. Prayer is a process of changing us. Number two, prayer changes our perspective before our circumstances. Prayer changes our perspective before changing our situation. You know, when we don't pray, what we see our, and our vision, our perspective is limited to only what we can see in front of us. But when we pray, our perspective starts to change. Our vision starts to expand 
pun beyond what we can see in front of us. Right? We start to think it's not about what I want anymore. It's about finding His will to be done in your situation, in your current situation. Prayer is aligning ourselves with the purpose of God. So when we start praying, we realize that our desires start to change too. When your perspective change, our desires start to change too. That is why the Bible says, you can ask about anything and everything, but it is according to His will. Not, meaning it's just not about everything and anything under the world that you want, but your request has to be aligned with His will. When we keep praying and we never stop praying, not only our perspective change, our desires also change. The way what we want is different than the last time. Uh, I remember 10 years ago when I kind of like uh, testimony, I pursued a franchise deal very closely. Uh, I pray, we pray about it and try to push things around to make it happen. But somehow, you know, the deal went off. Um, I was like, question everything, why it happened, the way it happened. Uh, around one to two years after the deal fell through, God somehow arranged for me to sit on the table near to where the franchisee who got the franchise of that business was sitting, talking. I was like near to that table. He was complaining to his friend about the business, about the franchiser and about everything in between. So at the time I was like, there was a reason I didn't get what I want. God didn't give me that franchise business to me. My point is when we don't get what we want, when things doesn't go our way, we have this mindset, we have this belief, we have this perspective that God has changed, that God knows and has something far better for us beyond what we can see in that current situation. So meaning we don't need to insist our will, we don't need to enforce, we don't need to impose our will to make things happen. We don't force God's hand to answer the prayer. Enggak ngotot lagi. So we can go through our life for a bit easier. When we never stop praying, God changes our perspective. God changes our desires and trust His timing. Okay, the third one. Why we should never stop praying. Prayer number three, which is not on the screen. Prayer requires patience and persistence to see the promise of God. Romans 8.25 says, If we hope for something that we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. This proves the two parables we read earlier. The widow has persistence in asking the judge. A man with shameless audacity knock at his friend's door asking for bread with persistence. Mm -hmm. All right. So we need to have this patience 
and persist. As I mentioned, God will always answer our prayer. Yes, no, and wait. But we need to understand that His yes, it doesn't mean right now. If God say yes, it doesn't mean right now. And His no, it doesn't mean never. And His wait, it doesn't mean it won't happen. Require patience and persistence. You stop if we stop at certain time. You fall short of receiving. You fall short for not receiving the answers to your prayer. So I want to say this: um, time does not nullify His promise. But time will approve and validate his promise to be true. Let me repeat it again. Time does not nullify his promise. So if we are waiting, it requires waiting time. And waiting time, even though it's so long, does not nullify his promise. But it will approve and validate his promise to be true. So that's the reason we need to never stop praying. We require prayer, requires patience and persistence. So let me close with this. Okay, just as Jesus closed the teaching about prayer with this verse, right after the parable of a man who asked the bread with shameless audacity, Jesus closed the teaching of prayer with this verse, which is found in. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Okay, let me read Let me read it to you. Okay, Jesus closed with this. I will close with this. So I say to you, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and it will, and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seek, find, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open so when reading this first most people think that jesus was saying ask sick and knock they we read it as as if it's the same same word as as and as or in other words pray 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 but there is a reason why jesus say ask Sick and knock. Isn't it true? When we read this verse, we think that, oh, we need to keep asking, pray, asking and asking, or pray, pray, pray. There is a reason why Jesus used three different distinct words as sick and knock. Jesus is not simply telling the disciple to pray, 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 but it's really giving uh, a sequence of action. This is the metaphor for the act of prayer. We don't just pray and sit and pray again, sit, but that we need to do a certain actions is a sequence of action when we pray. Ask, seek, and knock. So 
I put it here, the act of prayer. This is the metaphor of the action of prayer. Ask, seek, and knock. We see three different words, not the same word, meaning there is a three different meaning. This illustrates a process, a chain of action that we need to do to see our prayer answers. Okay, the first one, very quickly, ask. Asking is simply use our voice, correct? We use our voice to ask in prayer, to ask God to answer our prayer. It is taking our requests and needs to God with our voice. That's as asking. Seeking is when we look around for how God might answer our prayer. We start looking around with the eyes of faith for how God might be providing answers. So it is not passive, but it is active. We seek, searching. Could this be the opportunity that God gives me? as an answer to my prayer. It could be that one. You keep searching. Probably you need to search one opportunity, two opportunity, third opportunity, fourth opportunity, and so on. Keep searching and knock. Knocking is working out the opportunity with perseverance. If you find, you think, oh, this is the best shot. This is the best opportunity. That could be the answers. You have to work out that opportunity with perseverance in spite of hindrances. You know, when you knock the door, the door is actually closed and you need to keep knocking. That meaning at one time, the door will be open. The door is like a hindrance. You have to keep trying that opportunity until it opens. The blessing, the answer to flow and you receive. So knocking is working out the opportunity at hand with perseverance in spite of hindrances. In spite the door is not really open. It's just trying out that opportunity. So my question to all of us, challenge to all of us. If you are praying, are you simply asking and wait for God to answer you or you become the answer to your own prayer too. It is a partnership with God. You ask God and you are searching, you keep seeking and seeking and trying out, knocking at the opportunity at your hand. So in short, if we believe God to do something super beyond what we can do, something super, at the same time, we don't just ask, but we do the natural thing that we can do as human, as believer, that is to ask and keep asking and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. And knock and keep knocking until the supernatural things happening in our life. The first ask, seek, and knock in English is present tense but in the greek it is present progressive tense meaning it is a progression you have to, when you ask you need to keep asking when you seek you need to keep on seeking maybe not the first maybe the hundredth time you really find it and keep knocking and keep knocking 
Amen. That's all what I want to share. So, in, uh, in, in, in short, to recap, prayer is a process. Before changing your circumstances, it changes you. It is a process. Okay. You don't complain. You don't get it. Time will validate the promise of God. Prayer is a process of changing ourselves. So prepare with what you can do. Number two, prayer changes our perspective. Change the way we see things. You don't get the answers. God has something better. Okay, we move on and seek another opportunity and try knock another opportunity. The last one, number three, why we should never stop praying. Because prayer requires persistence. If you don't have persistence, you, you, you stop at number six. Like, you know, the Israel people walking around Jericho. If they stop at six round, stop walking at the six round, they will not experience the miraculous. All right? So that's the three reasons why you should never stop. And the practical is we need to keep asking, seeking, and knocking. Thank you for joining us. Hope you have been blessed. This podcast is made possible by generous giving people like you. If you want to support us, please visit us at www.nbcsingapore.org www.nbcsingapore.org God bless you.